You guys are looking good today. There's a lot of kids. It takes a lot of time to get that many out of the building. For those of you who don't know, I'm Susan. I'm married to Justin, which you probably know that. I have a little boy who's six. His name is Hugh. And I am going to be bringing you the scripture today, and I feel honored to be able to do that. Our scriptures today are found in Ephesians 4.15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The scriptures are as relevant today as they were then. It's a bit hard to follow her because she always has this composure. That's why I married her. Um, I want to say real quick, worship team, thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder this morning that, um, and, and I have this verselet, and it says, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. And this week, as, as I've been preparing and, and spending time in the Word, spending time with, with Dallas and some of my friends, like, there are times when you just kind of feel a little lost, you feel a little shaken, but when we seek the Lord, when we seek his presence, when we seek his heart and his desire, he always shakes that out for us. And so... Worship team, thank you guys. It, it was great. Um, I'm Justin. Like my wife said, I'm, I'm usually up here with worship. Um, so anytime I don't have a guitar in my hand, someone's always making fun of me. Like, what are you going to do with your hands? So if you see this happen, just, you know, again, I've, I've told you that before, but, but just encourage me. Just be like, put your hands down. It's okay. All right. So I'm excited. I, I, it's been a good week. It has been, it's been a week that uh, I've really gotten to, uh, to spend a lot of time in this, but, but just with my family as well, and, um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm really excited to be with you all this morning. Um, I'm probably going to say excited about 10 times, but when I say that, I, I will tell you why. When I spent time with the Father this week, it was soul-filling to me. It was enriching. It was, it was time where I got to just be filled, to not have to worry about pouring out, but to be filled. And, and when you're seeking being filled, when you're seeking time with him, when you're seeking his face, it fills you up. It gives you this peace. It gives you this encouragement. And so, church, like, before we get too far this morning, I would encourage you all to do the same. Like, find some time. Come to him be present. It will change you. See, last night I was laying Hugh down to go to bed, and uh, he said, story, and I said, well, daddy needs to read this. I need to, you know, kind of keep prepping. I like to read through my notes a few times, and he was like, well, that's fine. And so, uh, poor kid, like three minutes in, he was asleep. (laughs) And um, so I don't know if that's good for you guys this morning or not. And, and I'll be honest, Jackson, I, I don't know where you were. I saw you down here. And I appreciated you saying Dallas because I thought for a second, like, I'm off the hook. <laughs> like, this is going to be good. Like, I did a lot of prepping. God, you honored that. I appreciate that. But now I'm off the hook. And Steve, Steve even encouraged you. He turned around. He was like, you're good, bro. Take off. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so in my prep last night with Hugh, we came upon uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. And I don't have it up there, and I, and I apologize because this is a last-minute ad. But it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And I was like, wow, thanks, God. Like, I needed that reminder about my motivations. Because, see, this week, it was, was I prepping or was I spending time just to get ready for this morning? Or was I really seeking what God had for me? 
Was I really seeking to not just be given material and, and searching and prepped for today, but like, was I seeking for my entire life, for my family? Was I seeking for myself to grow in his understanding and his grace and his peace for what he has for us? Am I seeking rest? Am I finding time to fill my glass from his pitcher? See, we spend a lot of time pouring out, but we have to spend time connecting with the Father to fill that back up. And this week he taught me, he encouraged me, he allowed me to find rest and to be filled. And truly, that's why I'm excited to share with you all this morning. So I'd like to take a moment and let's just pray together before we really get into this. God, this, this is an awesome opportunity for us to be here and be reminded of you this morning. God, I pray that you help me get out of the way, God, that, that the time I've spent with you, that, that, that may be honored this morning, God, that we see you, we see what you have for us, God, we see that there is a unity that you seek, a unity that you create, that, God, that we may be confident in people who want to seek that, and to step into that, and to place ourselves at your feet. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So this morning, we're kicking off our next series it's called One Church Under God. Dallas, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to kick this off. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. So we're going to be looking into unity. Where does it come from? Why do we hope to exist in unity? And why do we desire to be one church under God? Let's do a little active participation this morning, church. Okay, let's try and seek unity together. This is going to be real easy, and then we're going to kind of slide into this. Let's unify around something this morning. Let's unify in our body of believers to discuss what unity in Christ means. I said unity a lot, didn't I? But I'm hoping that we're going to see that unity is something that we have to have, that we hope to have. See, when we look into our personal unity with Christ, we see that this is something that we, we must have as a foundation. Because then we're going to look at our unity in our families, in our homes, in our marriages. Then we're going to look at unity in the church both big and small, and then hopefully we're going to look into disunity, what it is, what it's not, okay? And then how, with God's guidance, do we work in those spaces? Unity is something that we feel that is, is crucial. So uh, I'm sure you remember, but we, we discussed it last year, we're talking about it again this year, and we hope to talk about it again next year. But I would like to take a moment, church, to acknowledge Pastor Dallas for a moment, and uh, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I mean to show you love. Dallas, you are a true friend and a brother and a man seeking God's heart. And the reason this series came up is because Dallas really values unity. He believes it. He believes what God is doing in it and what he can do through it. He is seeking it and pursuing it personally, but also corporately. And so I really, really appreciate you giving the church an opportunity to have an opportunity to learn about unity, to seek unity, to find out what it is, who it's about, and who it's in. And, uh, and we, we thank you for an opportunity to sit under your teaching in this. So thank you. Unity, what it is. Well, let's look at it like this. Again, active participation. Who likes chocolate ice cream? Raise your hand. All right. Who likes vanilla ice cream? Raise your hand. All right. Who just likes ice cream? Raise your hand. Okay, so, so what we quickly saw there is that it's not chocolate or vanilla. 
even though chocolate is definitely the superior flavor. I mean, there's no argument about that. And if you say it's vanilla, you're wrong, okay? <laughs> but it's fine, it's fine, because we can all agree that we just like ice cream. Like, our unity is in the fact that we just like ice cream. Let's put aside the differences of chocolate versus vanilla. Again, chocolate being the favorite, but it's okay, because we're unified under the fact that we just plainly like ice cream. If we look at definitions of unity, it means to be together or to form a complex whole. But the definition that I hope that we can use this morning and going forward, and and probably in my opinion what the best definition is, is to form a state of complete and pleasing whole. Unity, to form a state of complete and pleasing whole. See, why does forming a state of complete and pleasing wholeness, what does that have to do with church? What does it have to do with God? I'm glad somebody asked. I mean, I'm hoping somebody asked. Walter, can you ask for me, please? Thank you. Thank you. All right. So does anybody remember those did you know, like things that used to be in magazines or newspapers? It was like, did you know this? Uh, I'll hit to some people closer to my age. It's uh, the I was this many years old when I found that out. That's on like the Instagram or something like that. I'm not on it, so I could be wrong. But it's I was this many years old fill in the blank. So here's some did you know facts that I found were impactful this morning. When fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly and positively affects the child's cognitive and social development. Kids, they become 43% more likely to get A's in school when the fathers are involved with their school activities. Kids are two times more likely to go to college when their fathers are involved. And kids are 80% less likely to spend time in jail when their fathers are involved. See, all of these things revolve around fathers being involved. This was huge. It was a good charge to me. I read these and I felt like, man, I need to be present for my son, Hugh. I want, I desire to see him do well and to be successful in life. And if that's not the case and it, and it goes any other direction where I'm not really just concerned about his grades or going to college or avoiding jail, like... I want him to know that my presence in his life comes from a desire to be with him, for, his to, for him to know my presence with him. So in those moments of, of times of getting B's or C's or, or not getting into college or, or heaven forbid he ends up in jail or something like that, he knows that he has a dad and our father who loves him and desires to be present. Couldn't have done that again if I tried. <laughs> so when I was prepping... I, uh, I always run things by my wife, and she is absolutely amazing. Uh, she's my biggest encourager. She is probably my biggest supporter, and she's always encouraging time with my son. Uh, so when I read these stats to her, she didn't really know them. She was like, okay, yeah, thank, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also recognized how impactful the father has been for her and her father, her heavenly father and her earthly father. And so she wholeheartedly desired that for our son. So church, I may have also told her that those effects that I talked about are uh, enhanced 25% if you're uh, spending time with your son on the golf course. (laughs) And so, so she's cool with us going now. She didn't know that, but now she does. (laughs) So Hugh, we get to go after church today, okay? All right. So, uh, but in all truth, fathers, when we're involved, statistics say we have a better chance at success and becoming a complete and pleasing whole. Not just dads, not just those father figures like many of us in this room, but I believe that we can extend this to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, my time in preparation 
was life-giving. It was soul-filling. It was restful. Time spent with the Father is never wasted. When you seek me, you will find me. See, we have the ultimate example of the world's best dad. We have Jesus, right? We have, we have our heavenly father. He is without sin. He is the perfect father figure to us. He's void of any of the things that we bring with us, any of our baggage, any of our emotions, any, any of our struggles, the things that we bring. He doesn't have sins. He doesn't have faults. He doesn't have the failures that he brings into it. The fact is that the impact that the fathers have on us, it is crucial in our early development and our long-term successes. See, these relationships, they help us to become complete and pleasingly whole. They come from us being involved with Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus that is deep, that is open, that is wide, that is transparent and honest and devoted, that time with Jesus is how we become complete and pleasingly whole or united. In our world today, like there's so much social media. There is so many books and podcasts and just opportunities out there for us to learn about what it is that we're seeking. So things like purpose, like I don't know what my purpose is, or I need an emptiness that I need filled. I have this void. That's what all those things are for. And it's a multi-million dollar industry. But in reality, like, if we looked with the truth, if we, if we looked at what these things are with the truth, and we looked through that lens, what we're probably going to see is that really what we're seeking is to be complete and pleasingly whole. The crazy thing is, what makes us whole, what makes us complete, is Jesus. Like, he fills those. He gives us our purpose. He gives us our identity. It is Jesus just for completeness sake, again, like, let, let me say that it, again. It is Jesus that fills us up. It is Jesus that makes us complete. It is Jesus that makes us whole. Being united with him in our personal relationship is where we find our wholeness. It's where we find oneness. Being with Jesus is where we find being complete. In the famous words of Dallas, not Dallas Willard, but Dallas Crouch, we're all going to unify around and in and under something. That thing might as well be Christ. And he is absolutely correct. But I go on to add something else to that. That we are going to be unified under something despite what we want. So why not be intentionable? Intentionable? I like that. I made that word. Intentional about seeking unity with Christ. See, before we get too far, I do want to ensure a few things, though. We, as believers, we do not create unity. We cannot create unity with Christ. Christ is the one who creates the unity. We are to seek the unity with him. We are to pursue the unity with him. Christ creates it. We are to seek it. See, remember earlier when we talked about which was chocolate or ice cream, like which was our favorite flavor? We were divided on flavor, but we were united on the fact that we just purely like the ice cream. We were together. We were, we were united in the ice cream. Whether we hoped in that moment, like some people are really strong on chocolate, okay? Some people are really strong on vanilla, but we're hoping that we can just be present in the ice cream for just a second, okay? Not the flavor, but again, chocolate. I'm just holding out right there, okay? See, we're going to find things that divide us so much more than we're going to find things that unite us. 
it's super easy, super, super easy for us to say, like, I, I don't agree with that person, or I don't see eye to eye. But how hard is it to be like, well, I don't really see eye to eye, but, but we do agree on this. And that's how we can move forward. Okay? We spend so much time in this division state that we, 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 we miss an opportunity to move forward in what we do know. Because that forward is progress. We can't let that, our disagreement, prevent the ability to move forward. I challenge you this week. Seek the things around you that unite you with the people that are with you. Look past the division. Seek the unity. You will find growth. I promise you that. I also hope to make clear that it is us, people, like us, church, we. We are the ones who create division. From the very moment in the garden, we created division when we sinned and we tried to hide it from God. God created the unity, a a unity so perfect, until we created the division. He created the unity, and I believe he has been seeking it with us since that time. Church, I'm speaking to myself We must know Christ personally. We must develop a personal relationship with him that is deep and that is wide. And this relationship must develop and mature with the love of the Father. Unity matures and we form that is just this beauty that we're together with him. And we seek it in our homes and then we seek it in our families and we seek it in our friendships and at church and beyond. Christ is the one who creates the unity. We are the one who is to seek and pursue the unity with him. If we want to see our lives change, if we want to see our personal relationships change, if we want to see the world changed around us, we must be unified in Christ. See, Walter spoke last week after a proper roasting of Dallas, might I add. That was a lot of dust, a whole lot of dust. Walter, I would like to say I have seen him use the Bible app. He is, a, he is an avid user of the Bible app, um, so I'm going to stand up for him for a little bit. So, um, but that was a proper roast, so well done. But I hear you have a retirement ceremony coming up, and so good luck. <laughs> but seriously, no, when Walter spoke last week, And he didn't know this is where I was going with this. But when he spoke last week, he spoke about context. He spoke about valuing not just what people think of us on Sundays, but how we are throughout the week. He he spoke on focusing on relationship, not the religion. He was in the Micah 6-8 passages that tell us to seek justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. That we must pursue this relational aspect over the religious aspect. In Ephesians 4.15 that Susan read earlier, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, to walk humbly, I'm sorry, to grow up in every way into him who is the head and into Christ. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, Christ. We are seeking truth and we grow into maturity in him in that. We are to seek the relationship as Walter encouraged. We are to seek the relationship with Christ so that we can see Christ's own character to be reflected in our lives. To seek unity, we must seek out Christ's character in our lives. Ephesians 
4, verses 2 and 3, I think we have that up there for you, talks of humility, gentleness, patience, love, peace. Again, we go back to 15. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ so that we may be a successful body. We are to seek their character of Christ so that we can grow into it. We should then mature it and have it reflected in our lives. That's what he was saying, right? Value the relationship over the religion. We are to reflect it in our lives. When we reflect Christ's character, it helps us to mature in our relationship and our reflection of the Father. The importance of the Heavenly Father being present is undisputed from earlier, okay? When we are present, good things happen for our kids, right? When the Heavenly Father is present in our, in our hearts, in our lives, and it is reflected in our lives, good things happen for the kingdom. That is what I call a no-brainer, and I know that's kind of a concerning statement, but I I truly believe it is a no-brainer. It is something that we should not be concerned about. Being in a deep relationship with him, seeking his character, seeking maturity and personal growth in him, there are no words to express the impact in our lives. No words because the impact is eternal. It is for the God's kingdom. It is not just that we seek him, we must meet him. It is knowing him deeply and intimately. It goes against the culture, right? Our culture says that we promote a position, that we do what feels good, or we do what feels right. Even if it is not what is good or what is right, that is good for us. We are selfish. We are self-serving by nature. And that is, again, in opposition to Christ and his character. Jesus paid the price for us. Jesus' payment His death, it was for all of us. We must seek him, desire him, want his will, want his character, and we must grow up in him in every way into him. Those stats from earlier, and there's tons of them out there, and I encourage you to look into this. They all reflect that the fathers are instrumental to our development. The father is instrumental to our development. God's presence in our lives The workings of the Heavenly Father are, is, and will be instrumental to our development as persons, as family members, as co-workers, as leaders, and followers of Jesus. It is not just seeking him that we must do. We must seek him, but we must meet him where we are. We must know him. We must grow into him. We must strive to reflect his character in our lives. And then we must mature in him in that. In John 15, verse 7, we have the parable of the vine. We must abide in the vine and we must abide in his word so that we may be pruned by the Father. We abide in his love. Jesus trims and he prunes us along the way. And as our vine grows and fruit of the vine occurs and the character of Christ develops in our lives, he grows and he prunes And we find joy in that growing. We find joy in the pruning. And we focus more on Jesus. And we grow closer and more into God's character. And then we developed this maturity where we find that our personal desires are more outwardly focused than they are inwardly focused. And that we seek to share love, not hate. Gentleness, not harshness. 
humility because he has given us a desire to humble ourselves before him. And then we dwell, which we just came out of. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we talked about it. We are to dwell. We're to dwell in the relationship that we have with him. We are to dwell so that we develop maturity in him. We are to dwell so that we find that those characteristics that we have been seeking have time to sit in our hearts and to mature and to be pushed back outwardly. That we are not focused on our inward desires, but those of our outward desires. We're hoping that we're seeing Christ be present in our life and others can too. Psalms 15 It says, who shall dwell on your holy hill? David is seeking God, and he's asking, what kind of people can live in God's presence? The answer is those who dwell in him, those who abide in him, those who seek humility in him. It is the one who seeks unity in Jesus Christ that can dwell into him. Dwelling in him, it completes us, it fills us, it makes us whole. See, we can't seek unity that is Christ's unity if it is not in Christ and from Christ. And without understanding and reflecting God's character of humility, gentleness, patience, love, peace, we can't grow into him into every way or into a relationship with him. Or without abiding in him and dwelling in him in his word, we're not going to achieve that state of completeness and pleasing wholeness. It is us in unity with Jesus Christ that we are able to fulfill that. See, I don't feel that seeking Jesus or seeking unity with Jesus or being in a relationship with him or seated in and under his teachings is optional. It can't not be optional. It must be a charge in our lives. It must be something that we are devoted to, that we sacrifice to, that we find this desire to be it. It is for Jesus. Unity with Jesus is not optional. That charge of deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow Jesus, I don't believe it's optional. And this may be me speaking to myself as much as it is to anyone else. But I can't seek unity if I'm not willing to submit myself and rest at Jesus' feet. I must seek him. I must seek him deeply and humbly and lovingly, and I must desire the unity in him. He creates it. We seek it. When we seek it, we grow in it. We develop his character. We dwell in it. And it changes us. This morning, if there's anything in you that feels lacking, anything in you that feels broken or unsettled, that you're feeling lost on your purpose, Jesus is where you can find it. Worship team, you can come up. A.W. Tozer says it like this, always, everywhere, God is present. Always, everywhere, God is present, and always, he's seeking to discover himself. Not just that he is, but what he is as well. Our personal relationship with Jesus Christ Our Father is a relationship that impacts beyond measure. See, we seek completeness. We seek wholeness. We find that these things are in Christ. Unity in Christ is how we become complete and pleasingly whole. It is rest for our souls. It is the complete 
and pleasing wholeness of our souls that we're seeking. When we have unity with our Father, we then spill over. We spill over to our families, to our workplaces, to the church, and to the world. And I encourage you this morning, spend time with the Father. Seek His face. Seek His character. Seek the thing that He can provide and only He can provide. That complete and loving and pleasing wholeness is the only thing that we can do. We have to seek that from him. He is the one who can offer it and then dwell in his presence in that. We're going to get ready and worship again. I encourage you to sing honor and praise to the Lord this morning. He alone deserves the glory. The altars are open. I invite you to come forward. We would love to pray with you. We would love to encourage you. We would love to be present with you this morning. Church, let us stand we're going to worship. Father God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for creating unity. We thank you that we desire your heart, your character. God, we desire to mature in that, to grow into that. God, help us to understand that we seek you with a pure heart and we will see you, God. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray.